Okay, here we are, back for the third episode of Film Junkies with Griffin Trey. As always, I'm Griffin Schroeder. And I'm Trey Soboleski. And today we're going to be continuing the topic we started last week of Trey and I's two favorite movies of all time. Um, last week we covered Toy Story 3, which is my favorite movie of all time. And this episode we're going to be talking about Trey's favorite movie of all time. Yes, and it is a uh, sports classic. It is uh, Walt Disney Films 2004 retelling Miracle. Um, it retells the story of the 1980 U.S. men's Olympic hockey team, um, and it does so in spectacular fashion. I do want to say that this isn't the most uh, critically acclaimed movie of all time, and some people may wonder why that that kind of movie would be one of my favorites, if not my all-time favorite movie. It's because I played hockey myself for a long time. I'm an American-born. I played hockey competitively for over 15 years, still play to this day, and this movie makes me want to run through a wall. We've talked about that before, Griffin. Like, this movie gets blood pumping. Right. That's what we actually just had a brief conversation before we started filming about how there is this whole genre of movies that it's almost as if they're designed to get you to get ready to play whatever sport that the movie's about. Just get some kind of athletic gear turning in you. Um, and this film does so incredibly well. Um, and as you said, you being a hockey player, it, it helps out even more. Um, I think that that's something that obviously makes sense for me as to why it might be one of your favorite movies because it's a sport that you love more than anything and, and a movie that so expertly shows an actual true life event that surrounds that sport and, and how it can be, you know, such a tale of triumph, I guess. Well, and I was going to say that as soon as you stop talking there, that this movie didn't need somebody to write this. This was a historical event that happened. Right. And this movie just plays out perfectly as any great sports thriller would, but it happened. And to give you a little bit of history about me, I don't know if you know this, uh, this happened on February 22nd, 1980. Griffin, do you know my birthday? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> really thought we were going somewhere with that one, bud. Um, my birthday is actually February 22nd. I was born on the 15th anniversary of the U.S men's olympic team beating the russians that's awesome uh so you know obviously i have to like it because it happened on my birthday that's it there's no other reason the only reason yeah. that's it uh, and that's the end of the podcast guys yeah, bye. tune in <laughs> um so what this film does is it follows the 1980 men's hockey team from start to finish it starts off uh with herb brooks who was the coach of the team who is played by kurt russell it who starts with no kurt russell's fantastic mm-hmm. um actually I'm willing to say that this is one of his best films. And you mentioned that to me before, and I fully support you being passionate about this film, but I disagree with Kurt Russell. I think he's I, great in this movie, but I just I love Kurt Russell and other stuff more. You know, I'm I'm not disagreeing that he hasn't done some great stuff. Mm-hmm. I I do really like Kurt Russell, but I think that, you know, this should be top 5. Yeah. I, uh, I, I would it should be top three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to see how much you'll agree. No, with no, no. And that, that, well, that's a thing too, that plays into this because I think it's important um, to talk about the fact that, like you said, this, this isn't a movie that 
maybe everyone would say is an incredible movie, but to you it is, and that's why it's, you know, there's many reasons why it's your favorite movie, and there's not someone that's going to talk you out of that, because you feel certain things by seeing this movie. You see the way that the people acting in it act, the way that they make you feel, and so do you watching Kurt Russell in this movie makes you feel like this is the best that I've seen him, because it's a movie that you love, and so that all plays into it. And I think that that can happen with a lot of actors, where, you know, you love the movie so much in the story that you're like, okay, this person is incredible, every part of this is incredible, because I love I love it holistically, but I think he's great in it. I'm not going to tell you to you're wrong. Disagree there. I know you're. Uh, There's. I know you're. I, but I that's you're the thing, saying though. It's I, like people can watch. I it like and, Kurt Russell in this film because I like this film so much. Exactly. Yeah, but that okay. because he does add a, a huge role to this. Like the movie wouldn't be what it was or what it is without his I, performance. And I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, he is necessary for this film, um, considering there are not that many big names in this film. Mm -hmm. Um, There's probably only three people in this film that you're even going to recognize, one being Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. uh, Noah Emmerich plays the assistant coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, Patricia Clarkson. Yeah, that's about three. And that's it. Other than that, you're not going to notice any of these names. This film only cost $28 million. Yeah, and that's... Which, uh, when we break that down a little bit, doesn't sound like much, you know, it's it's a movie about a hockey team that won a gold medal. Doesn't seem like it should cost that much, but when yeah. you're thinking about this, they did not use any historical footage in this film. They had to recreate all of the on-ice uh, plays, goals, penalties, practices, everything had to be remade according to historical film. Right, and that was something we talked about too with... How the casting in this movie is so much different than how a normal movie would be done. Because normally you, when you're casting, you know, a role, it's okay, this is the the role that they're going to play in this movie. Um, this is what we think they should look like. Um, these are the scenes that we could see them in. We want a, you know, a Brad Pitt type. We want a so-and-so type. This movie, they wanted to make it accurate to the sports that are going to be shown in the, you know, the actual athletic ability. And so they cast members of the team based on how good they were at hockey, because there's so much of the movie that's actually people playing hockey drills being run games being played. Like you said, goals being scored. You can't just have a bunch of actors who have never played hockey before being a movie. That's a hundred percent about playing hockey and showing them playing hockey. So it was just crazy to see that this cast list, you don't know anybody because nobody knows any of the people in that movie. They're hockey players, not actors. You're not going to see these guys in a ton of other stuff. These, these were college hockey players that might've taken a couple acting classes, might've graduated with a degree in, you know, acting or whatever, but these aren't big name people. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell is the guy and he got probably a huge chunk of that 28 mil. Yeah. And everybody else probably got peanuts. We'll give him we'll give him the credit though. He did they had so many extras for the movie because they had to fill the stands to show because they recreated all these games. So they had to have people in the seats cheering and you know getting excited about the game. They had prepared um, bagged lunches for all the extras for each day that they were on set. And Kurt Russell actually renegotiated his contract for the movie to take money out of what he was getting so that all of the extras could have a hot meal instead of a bagged lunch, which, I mean, I've heard some some negative stuff about the guy, but that sounds like a class act there, at least on yeah. that movie. So. Well, ice rinks can be cold. Right. <laughs> Newsflash. Hey. Newsflash. 
But but no, to get into the movie, um, I think that this I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, to be honest with you. Um, when you when you mentioned that you wanted to see it, it, I mean, it had been several years since I'd seen it. So to an extent, for me, honestly, it was almost kind of like. A, a first viewing again for me because it had been that long since I had seen it. And that's not because I don't enjoy it. It's just, I watch so many movies. I know. Griffin. Yeah. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. <laughs> I did go a little bit off the wall with this choice. Right. Hey, but, but I enjoyed it. And I was going to say opening, opening up the movie, like my first thought, cause I didn't remember a ton. Obviously I know how the plot goes, but I didn't remember a ton aesthetically, you know, from a directing perspective, from just the way the film was put together structurally. My first thought when it opened up was that I didn't realize how political the movie actually is. Like it opens up with this montage of all the current events that were politically taking place during that time period. You got a play set. Right. That's good. Right. But it's like, it gives this very serious tone to the film, like right from the beginning. And you're seeing all, that's kind of the only real footage from the time period in that movie. Yes. The only other, uh, is a clip of Herb Brooks. And I'll get into that a little right. bit later. Yeah. But I, I, you know, that was just an impression there because I was like, okay, I'll put the movie on. I'm going to start watching it. We're going to, I'm going to take notes on this. And then it opens up and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, okay. Like we talked about in our first episode, I have a minor in political science. Like I'm, I am very invested in politics and to see that the movie about hockey starts. That's fake news. That's fake news. Don't believe it. <laughs> but to see this movie about a hockey team starts out with like a chronological telling of important political events going on in that time really does help you to take this movie seriously. Um, and that's something that I really appreciated just from the beginning. Yeah, and uh, I guess that sets a tone. This is a completely historical and, you know, fair movie. It's not the happiest of movies. Uh, you're following around Herb Brooks, who is the head coach of the team, mm-hmm. um, who actually was the last one cut from the Olympic team, um, a couple Olympics prior to that. So right. he had uh, some experience with this team, the program and everything like that. And, you know, he knew uh, the pitfalls of being a hockey player. Um, so Herb Brooks was the head coach of the University of Minnesota when this happened. He was not well liked on the U.S. team, though. One of the things in it is that he is not well liked. That's mm-hmm. that's part of this. Is, he's a uh, stern. He's uh, you know he, it's my way or the highway type guy, and exactly. I have a plan, and if you don't trust it, then you don't um, need to be here type thing. You know this this movie came out in two thousand four. Yeah, you want to spoil some stuff? Yeah. Let's oh, it's historical, so uh, yeah. I can tell you the ending right now. They win. Yeah. Get on the Google machine. You'll find that pretty uh, fast. If, if you've ever watched the Winter Olympics, it's, there's probably some kind of film of it. I think uh, yeah. either the last Winter Olympics or the one prior to that, they honored them. Mm-hmm. They win. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> now you got to go <laughs> well, watch. Well, I mean, to say that, though, it, it helps out with build- – the way that this movie goes is it builds itself up to this game. Like, you know that they're going to be in the Olympics. <laughs> you know that there's going to be this team that nobody can beat has the best goalie in the world is is a bunch of you know men compared to these college guys here and that's that's how it helps the film play up so uh basically to set this um the US men's team was comprised of college level hockey players there were no professional athletes allowed in the olympics at the time and you know it's very similar to what happened in the winter olympics with the NHL last year there were no NHL players, no AHL players, only college, unprofessional players were allowed to play. Right. But the Soviet Union found a loophole in that, mm-hmm. and they had been dominating 
international ice hockey. So they had a bunch of grown men playing. They had all been playing yeah. together forever. That's, you know, if, if you want to look it up, uh, the Soviets had uh, been doing that for a long time. They had had camps. The great players had come out of there. Uh, Sergei Fedorov, Igor Larionov, just to name a couple. Um, but I think, I think though, that it, that it plays in the movie where a big part of the narrative is that these, you can tell that these are young guys. Like, they're not, Obviously, yeah, they're honored to be playing in the Olympics, but it's like they are college guys. Like there's several scenes within the movie where they're shown, um, you know, at bars joking around with each other about, I mean, there's one of my quotes that I love. It's like, why do you want to play college hockey? Isn't it obvious? For the girls. That's right. I mean, there's tons of quotes like that. There's tons of scenes where they show these guys and kind of the immaturity levels that they have. And, And there's, I mean with uh with Jimmy like to show him battle with the coach because he thinks that there's kind of a level of immaturity or a level of uncertainty in himself um and how he knows that he I mean you're going to be playing in the Olympics you got to have 100% trust in your guys and your guys have to have trust in themselves and so it's a movie not only about them battling against these other hockey teams but about Herb Brooks battling against his own players to try and get them to come together and play as a team and and that's something that is a huge part of not only this movie, but what you see in sports, like growing up playing sports, there's going to be guys on your team that either head cases or like they're too immature to be there or they think they run the show. And this movie pinpoints that. Yeah. I mean, stuff happens in this movie where, uh, you know, another, another thing that shows the immaturity, uh, one of the first practices, couple guys from a couple of rival schools, they get in a fight uh, Yeah, and her Brooks lets it go. Yeah. And they, it, and the assistant coach tries to step in, and he stops him. He stops him. Let him do it. And then in one of the qualifying games for the Olympics, which leads to one of the most iconic scenes of the movie, right? Um, these guys are pointing out girls in the stands. Yeah, during the game, which when they're hey, losing. That's cool if it's beer league, but not if you're an Olympian, right? <laughs> not cool, right? Um, so and it uh, shows. I think it shows. Like I said, you've got guys in there that are. They they're like okay we're talented hockey players we're playing for the USA team you These get a little gir- cocky too yeah quick. you get cocky I mean another quote that I love is you think you can win on talent alone gentlemen you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone I'm gonna keep throwing quotes in here too because it's such a quotable I movie fully assumed you were going and to. I think I think that's something too that plays into it is like you get these parts in this movie where it's like okay they, they have these scenes that were set up so well but it's a movie that's based on actual fact like you're watching a telling of something that actually happened you're watching the journey of how they got there and it's real and it's it draws it you in all happened mm-hmm. that's the thing that's why this is such a crazy film to me you're looking at this movie and thinking oh this is so much fun to watch you know they win in the end it's a feel-good story this happened <laughs> right they did this they yeah. nobody wrote this yeah it, history wrote this mm-hmm. and that's the coolest part of the whole thing and i'm gonna stop talking about the history part of it i uh want to talk about how inspirational it is mm-hmm. one of the best uh parts of the movie is prior to the uh, ussr game the mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. versus uh, versus the Soviet Union, where they had just played each other a couple weeks prior and got completely blown out of the water. The game where they win, the game that was called by Al Michaels, mm-hmm. the game that produced probably one of the best sound bites in all of sports history. Do you believe in miracles? Which was the only 
one of the only things that was actually used from real life was because the director of the movie said that he he couldn't imagine having to ask Al Michaels to recreate how he felt in that moment and to record it. And so they used the actual soundbite of him saying that in the movie. And that's like we said, one of the only things that they actually, yeah. Al Michaels, uh, he's unbelievable now. Mm -hmm. Um, he was just starting his career 15 years before we were even born. And the only reason why he got to call this game was because with his news crew, he was the only other person that had called hockey prior. And how many games had he called? He had called one game, one game. And this dude, Calls. And he gets to call the most iconic hockey game for the U.S. ever. Right. And he came through, did pretty well. Yeah, he hung in there. Yeah, he did pretty well. Um, but uh, just the inspirational aspect of this. Right. You know, whatever about Alma Michaels. Good for him. Herb Brooks has arguably the greatest speech of all time prior to this game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I, I saw the movie earlier today. But I can still say this speech off the top of my head. I mean, great moments are born from great opportunity. They are. And that's what we have. That's what we've earned here tonight. <laughs> See, I'm getting too into it. Like, I still know all of these words by heart. Yeah. And this, I'm, like, if the getting speech, emotional because, like, wasn't I'm, I'm this, getting goosebumps yeah. If the speech wasn't that important and powerful, like, you wouldn't have the videos of, like, little five-year-old kids reciting yeah. this entire speech like the which we will 100 percent have on all of our social media accounts oh when it's this the episode cutest comes thing out. in the world yeah but the, but to say that like what other speech can you think of that like some little kid is reciting or some hockey player how many speeches do you even know of that people can recite like front to back because they were that memorable that you want to do that like that i mean obviously there's some bigger things in political yeah uh but i mean if you bring it back to sports Every single game that is played from the age of five to the age that somebody retires, right? there's a speech prior to that game. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, let's go out there and tear their heads off, boys, there's something that's said. Right. And this just happens to be the most spine-tingling, you were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. Right. Like, it just... And it plays into... Down in his speech, core. even... in brings the movie because you've been watching this movie and you're like okay these guys are underdogs like they barely got it together like are they i mean they start to win but it's like are they really going to be able to beat these guys and he says you know play them 10 times they might win nine but not, not tonight ten. right exactly and he's like okay i know that people are betting against us but you guys are better than that like i know you're you gonna gotta win. Beat, them at, beat them at their own game that's right i mean we've halfway quoted this whole speech already, yeah i know but... i was gonna say like we i don't think we have much more to quote from that, yeah, we got the whole thing, right? Now we there's it's it's a lengthy speech, and I still know the whole thing by heart. Their time is over. Kurt Russell does a fantastic job. He it. does, yeah. Uh, I like I said, I'll give him all the credit that he deserves. Like for this. all of his, I was gonna say, all of his in locker room scenes in that movie are incredible. Like the emotion that he has is like a sports coach who cares so much about his team that he just like doesn't want. He wants them to understand how much he cares. And you have to think that this was a coach. That was cut from this team, right? So he's he he wants us just as much as the guys on the ice do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it comes through. That's why I'm saying I, Kurt Russell does a fantastic job in this movie. Yeah, you kind of forget that he's an actor for a while. He does steal every scene that he's in. I mean, he does well. It's because he's the only real actor in this film. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, I mean, I think that 
going through this, it's more than just a sports movie is what we're trying to get at. There's a reason that so many people can watch this movie and really enjoy it and get into it because there's this element of emotion and dedication and, I mean, even you could say patriotism too, like to throw that oh, in there. Absolutely. Like, yeah, you're watching this movie and it's like, okay, this is this is our team. Like, they're we we need them to win. Like, you're behind them. You grew you I mean grew up with them watching the movie. Like, you they came together. Now everyone's part of the team, and you want them to win. And you know how hard it's going to be for them. And you know I mean, it's you know it's an uphill battle from the start, right? And I think that everybody can relate to that in some aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a hockey player. Don't even have to be a sports person. Mm-hmm. You know, you can play the trombone and still find a way to relate to this film. Right. Um, not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with playing the trombone. I'm just saying. I played it sixth grade. <laughs> what are you gonna say about that, Trey? <laughs> anyway, but um, no, I think too in in showing the different drills, the practices too, and not just the games. You take away kind of life lessons from it. One of Absolutely. my favorite that's, parts that's, of the movie yeah. is the again scene. You know. Um, and that's for one you. of the most iconic, right? That's for you, Bill, because I told Bill Miller I'd drop that in there for him. But regardless, Again. you can't you can't talk about this movie and not talk about that because these guys, it, it's the peak of them playing for different reasons than to be a team. They're they've lost the game and her, it's the same game that we talked about earlier where they're picking out girls in the crowd that they want to go talk to, which I have done before, right. um, and it didn't work for me either. Right, but they they go and they lose the game, and instead of going to the locker room after the game, right after they've just gotten done playing an Olympic hockey game, Herb Brooks, their coach, says, keep him on the ice, we're not going to the locker rooms. And he makes them skate back and forth, blue line to blue line, you know, everywhere around the ice until they look like they're going to die. And he just, that's the iconic line. Guys are literally throwing up. Yeah, and, and he keeps asking them, you know, it's different he wants them to know that they play together on one team. And then it's finally, you know, Mike Ruzioni there, um, the uh, underdog champ that we love. Captain. Yeah, the captain um, who comes through and realizes, okay, when he's asking us, who do we play for? It's not different colleges. It's not where we came from. We play for the USA. Like, we're all a team. We're here to do one thing, and that's win a gold medal. And that's kind of where you see, like, they get so beaten down to the point where they realize, like, we're here for a reason, and, and we know what that is now. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's obviously a turning point in the movie where these guys uh, go from being immature college hockey players to full-blown Olympic athletes that are working towards the same goal. And it's it, you can tell as soon as it happens – that there's a tone shift, not only in the team, uh, but in the movie too. Uh, mm-hmm. The the movie picks up. You you see some confidence in the players. Uh, Herb Brooks seems to come into his own at that point as well. Yeah. I mean, he another great quote from him. Like I said, this movie's so quotable. The name on the front, hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Like, and you know how many coaches have said that to me since? I think it's been every single coach I've had. And there's a reason. It's because... Because it's just so relatable i'm sure coaches have said it I was gonna say, as a coach you could sit down and watch this as like game film you could watch this movie as to learn how to coach a team like uh, yeah if you don't Seriously, then i, I mean, don't you're, that's, you're wasting yeah perfect content I mean, here for you maybe but. not how to uh build a team because right you, first off he picks all of these guys in the first day of tryouts and says bye to everybody else yeah um which causes problems in itself right um 
he breaks these guys down to almost nothing when they're very close to being in the Olympics. Yeah, and even have Jimmy Craig, the goalie, who he has take a psychiatric test to try and assume because he thinks he's a head case and he wants to assume that he is all goalies right. are head cases <laughs> period but but he you know proposes this test for him to take and he refuses to take it because he feels like he's being threatened by the coach to you know say that he's not as good as he is or in the right mental space and then and then later it comes up too and he and he mentions like you make everyone take this test and he says everybody like and then getting more into his head like okay Maybe it really is me thinking too much about things, and um, but then obviously, what does it matter at the end of the day when he's stopping pucks? Right, he's a brick house, and yeah. that that final. You know, I don't know that I don't know the name of the actor. I probably should, but but who does really? That's the point because he's a great hockey player. Well, you know, <laughs> he he did show up in some other stuff later. Right, uh, he did show up in a couple episodes of Friends as uh, Phoebe's boyfriend, Eddie Cahill. In case anyone's wondering, oh, there we go. I'm quick with the uh, IMDb app. He's you... got some nice hair. Look it up. He does have some flow. But yeah, I mean that this movie is something that, like we said, and and from a film perspective too, because we love to talk from that from that side of things. This is a movie where, as we've said a few times now, there's three actors or actresses in it that you would recognize from anything else. Everyone else is a first time actor, or at least a first time actor of a movie that someone's going to watch. And you go out and you see these guys, and you don't watch this movie and think about the acting you watch this movie and you think about what's going to happen next like how are they going to beat this next team or if they lost how are they going to get better and keep moving forward um and that's from a film perspective why i think this is great because i mean trey we were talking about the soundtrack um it was it was put together by someone who actually has a very impressive track yeah, record. Um, this is Mark Isham. Uh, that name might not sound familiar to the casual moviegoer, but this guy does have uh, some Academy Awards. Um, he has some Grammys, um, Gold Globes. Uh, maybe you've heard some of the movies that he's done. Point Break. Yeah. Interesting. You know, mm-hmm. got some got some good names in there. Uh, a River Runs Through It is where he uh, got some Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Blade. Blade, yeah. And then, uh, you know, after the 90s passed, it looked like he took a little bit of a break there. Um, and he he did some stuff like, uh, you know, most currently Once Upon a Time, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Warrior, which is... Uh, which, that, that movie, as Trey and I have talked about uh, outside of this, that is a movie that will make me run through a wall. Like, I... Which is, you know, maybe he has some kind of theme going there. Yeah, maybe he has, he has a way to iconic mm-hmm. music feel to it. You're listening to this. You don't even have to hear what Herb Brooks is saying to get the goosebumps, to just get the blood flowing. Okay, Griffin, I, <laughs> I'm talking about this and I'm getting worked up as a. You know, retired hockey player. I play in beer leagues. I'm four beers deep by the time I hit the ice. Right. Sometimes a Jaeger bomb, depending on the team I'm playing for. <laughs> Not the most fun. Ankle starts to shake a little bit after that. Whatever. I am almost to the point because I'm not playing competitive hockey anymore. I'm to the point where I almost don't like watching this film mm-hmm. because it makes me so jacked up. Right. I still can't watch this at night. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'll start doing push-ups. I don't care, man. <laughs> I get so worked up for this film. Every part of it just makes me want to get going. Right. And the thing is, I know that I'm a hockey player. Mm-hmm. 
I know that that's you know an American hockey guy thing. That plays into why we've said it's your favorite movie. It, yeah, people it, listening, absolutely. if you're listening, you can tell I'm that Trey's passionate about, about this I'm movie. Passionate about it. He he doesn't. Ha- it's not like he has to defend himself as to why this is his favorite, but the way he's talking shows it. Like you don't. But I also there's I, an emotional aspect of it. I also think that anybody else watching this film gets that out of it. You mm-hmm. don't have to be emotionally connected, like I am, mm-hmm. to just get up and be like, "Let's go." I want to play right. some hockey right now. Mm-hmm. I would love to see some statistics about it or something. But 2004. What was that? I was nine years old. I was already playing hockey at that time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a pop of a little bit hockey of an incline players. of yeah. American hockey players at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing this for the first time. Unfortunately, I was nine. Mm-hmm. Hit my head a lot. <laughs> Shows. I know. My brother hit his head a couple more times though. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I think that that plays into this with. There's an emotional aspect to it. That's what I keep coming back to, and that's why this movie really draws you in. There's so many quotes in it there's so many experiences where you're growing with the characters on screen um and whether it's about sports or not anytime you have that in a movie it's gonna be memorable it's gonna be something that you enjoy if they if the characters on screen say something or do something that you remember that is a mark of a good film like even i mean sometimes they could do something so terribly bad that that's the reason why you remember it but for the most part i think that um it's it's a good thing and, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And these guys, I even after this film, their faces stick with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can just, every part of this, I there's something that stays with you. Likes Feed the Wolves. <laughs> Likes Feed the Wolves, boys. <laughs> um, well, to get into uh, you know, a little bit sadder aspect of this, Herb Brooks was the head coach. Yeah. Um, he, he coached all over the place. Yeah. Uh, at the time, he was with... Uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did go on and on and off uh, in the NHL, AHL. Um, he actually coached in St. Cloud, which is in the NCHC. Uh, Where the Broncos are currently ranked eighth. They're in the nation. eighth right now. So shout but, out uh, them. So actually, the arena that St. Cloud State University plays at is called Herb Brooks Memorial. Arena. I did not know that. Yes, that's awesome. All right. But on but the but, sad uh, point. So to to you know wrap it up a little bit, he coached a little bit more. He was with the Penguins. Um, he uh, he was with the Devils. He was with uh, the Rangers, and uh, he still did stuff with the U.S. team. Uh, but in in 2003, uh, while this movie was being filmed, he tragically passed away in a car accident, mm-hmm. and um, unfortunately, he never got to see the final cut of this film. Yeah, and. Uh, one of I, I mentioned this earlier in the pod. One of the few historical uh, clips that they used, other than the place setting stuff at the beginning of the film, yeah. uh, was a was a clip of uh, not Kurt Russell, Herb Brooks, real Herb Brooks uh, behind the bench, uh, just reading "Rest in Peace." You know, he was born in 1937, passed away in 2003, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I don't think that there's any better way than this film to commemorate this man's legacy. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did some stuff after this. He was in the NHL. That's fantastic. But he brought pride this is the peak of it. Yeah. to a nation that had no hope at that time. I mean, even politically and stuff like that. He, he it's was a great. He, he it's was a one great, of the greats. It's a great thing that happened in a time that there weren't a lot of great things happening. Yeah. And this is a great testament Absolutely. to that. Um, and it's something that 
even though it is a film that is dated because it's a true event that happened years ago, it's a timeless movie that, it's absolutely that you can timeless. watch it and it can take you back to that. They could remake this 30 times. Yeah. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. They could. Yeah. I mean, well, it only cost them $28 million <laughs> to do. Made their money back That's how on much they pay one Avenger at this point. Yeah. But... Oof. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they, c- they could remake this and it could be the exact same story. But I don't think that they ever need to because that this this is just a wholehearted, unbelievable film that I feel very close to. I know that you're close to it mm-hmm. now that... You know, I've brought it back into your life, but yeah. I'm very passionate about it. I, I don't think it's hard to understand why I'm so passionate about it. And, uh, right. you know, I'm I'm just, I'm really excited that we got to talk about this, break it down a little bit. I am as well, that. yeah. Um, Anything it, else? That's all I've got for um, for Miracle. Um, if you haven't seen it, hopefully, yeah. obviously we gave you some spoilers, but it's a it's a historical thing. I mean, it, yeah, so. you're, you're going to be happy with it either way. Yeah, These guys do a fantastic job. Um, a, and now that you know that none of these guys act before, if you do see a problem with the acting, give them a break. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is our our third episode uh, covering Trey's favorite movie of all time, Miracle. Um, and, and by this point, obviously, you've seen um, hopefully our videos that we've released um, as kind of a teaser to these episodes. So, um, stay tuned for our next video coming out. That will be a preview to our next episode of the pod. So, thank you guys for listening, uh, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. We'll